Well, we are, um, we're in the thick of 40 days to Easter, 40 days to the Resurrection Sunday, uh, this time period of prayer and consecration. Um, how are we doing on our fasting? Everybody good? Yes. Feeling great? <laughs> really super pumped up and joyous? Perfect. You're in exactly the right spot. That's exactly how it should be. Uh, we've been doing a a Zoom prayer meeting, all church-wide. If you've been on that Zoom prayer meeting any of those days, raise your hand. It's been really, really good. We, we've said before, can any good thing come from Zoom? And yet, here we are. We've got, you know, anywhere between like 100 and 130 One Chapel folks from all four campuses uh, meeting in the morning just to pray and to worship and to join our hearts together through technology, and it's been really beautiful. If you haven't been on it yet, then I just encourage you to. If you've got that that 30 minutes free from 6.30 to 7, it's completely worth it. Um, and uh, one thing I've noticed is that as we're doing Zoom prayer, you, you see all these screens, right? It's like a big version of like the Brady Bunch opening credits, right? So you see everybody, and you see their backgrounds or not, and you see what's going on in their lives, and, and, and you see their faces, and it's beautiful to see their faces when we're all praying all together. And then sometimes we'll say, all right, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna go to breakout rooms. So we're gonna move from being all of us together to like you with like three other people. And so we're gonna do that in about five, four, th- and about time we get to like a three in the countdown, you see 130 boop, goes to like 58, right? And everybody's like, oh, breakout room. No, I think I'm out. I think I'm good. And people just drop off the call, right? I know. Come on, show a little backbone. Um, but, but what that reminds me of is that I think we're really good at praying in anonymity. We're good at joining our voices to someone else's prayer. We're really good at that. And there's power in that. The Bible talks about there being power in agreement. When two or three are in agreement, they're gathered together in my name then I'm there in the midst of them. If two or three would, would agree in my name, then I will do it. Uh, so there's power in agreement. I'm not saying you shouldn't be on a Zoom call and just agree with someone silently muted from the background. But there's something to being asked to step out yeah. and voice a prayer. Yep. And I think that that's an area where sometimes we think, oh, I don't, I don't know what I would pray. Have you ever thought that? Like if somebody asked me to pray right now and like you raise your hand because you really know the answer and then somebody calls on you, you're like, oh wait, maybe I don't. (laughs) So what we're going to be doing at all our campuses, actually, we're going to be spending about the next five or six weeks just really talking about prayer, talking about prayer, expanding our prayer vocabulary, diving into what we feel like we can do and what's possible in our prayer lives. Okay. So Today, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, praying the scriptures, praying the scriptures. And actually, I've asked, uh, Chris, could you come up? Let everybody know who you are, in case they don't know who you are. Yeah, so I'm uh, Christopher Vincent. Um, I co-lead the Sci-Fi Small Group every other Wednesday with Adrian. Love it. It's amazing, the discussions we have. Um, and I'm also on the Marriage Mondays group on Monday, which yes, is awesome. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. This guy. So 
and Jennifer. So, so anyway, I'll be reading the main scripture today out of Hebrews 4.12 from the NIV version. For the word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. So, by the way, sci-fi theology group. Um, Woo! Right? Represent. If you, if you know, getting together with some folks. Adrian? my favorite group. <laughs> what a great group, right? So, <laughs> Marriage Monday is like, wait, we're right here. Um, so, so, one thing that I think is interesting. So, by the way, we got, we got tons of groups at one chapel. Liberty Hill. Sci-fi is just one of them. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting. Uh, I, I didn't connect the dots here, but I wanted Chris to come up and do our scripture reading for us. This is the main scripture we're coming from. And I wanted him to do it, and I didn't realize how sci-fi this scripture is until he started reading it. The word of God is alive and active, right? It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. We're talking about a word, writings that are sentient, writings that are alive, writings that you don't just read them, they read you. If that's not like sci-fi material, I don't know what is, right? That's crazy stuff, right? So in that, Scripture is, is this complex story, this history of all of God's interaction with humanity, yeah. right? But it's also incredibly personal. You read through, even reading through like the Old Testament, you can read through numbers. But you could, if you wanted to, you could read through numbers and and, and, and there's historical accounts and, and great exploits and feats and, the, and all this, but it's also something very specific that as you're reading it and you say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say here? God will show you something that is just for you and not for anybody else. It's just for you. How sci-fi is that? That's amazing, right? So it's alive. The word of God is alive. It breathes. It grows. It changes. Have you ever read, the, read a scripture and it, it means one thing to you on a Tuesday and then you read it on the following Sunday and you're like, oh, I never saw that before. The same scripture that you read last year, this year is very different. The same word, the same God, but a different, uh, a different impact because it's alive. It breathes and it grows and it affects all of the things around it. The thing... Part of the reason why we're talking this morning about praying the scriptures is because the word of God is alive. It's alive. It, it matters. It makes a difference. It changes the atmosphere when it's declared. It, is, it goes beyond anything that we could ask for, hope for, or think possible in the natural. It, 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 it reigns supreme over all of the things that we want to happen, all of our desires. Because as we're praying, I know, you know, we have our desires in it. We have things that we want God to do. We have things that we would like to see happen. And that's fine to pray in that way. But when we pray the scriptures, 
It does several powerful things that actually put, put things into motion, yes. right? It goes beyond our natural hopes and dreams, our natural aspirations, and gets into moving the earth. And so it doesn't just stay on the page. The word of God doesn't just stay on the page. It goes, uh, and, and uh, Hebrews 4.12 talks about, uh, it compares it to a sword. In some versions, it's a, it's a fisherman's knife, you know, like that, that really digs in there, sharp enough to pierce through flesh, right? Doesn't the word do that to us? Sharp enough to pierce, pierce through flesh and to separate things that don't belong and so that we can discard them. Sharp enough to divide between the soul and the spirit. Sharp enough to divide between the joint and the marrow. It gets to the very heart of our thoughts, of our intents, our motivations in ways that, honestly, we don't always get to when we're praying our opinion. That's true. When we're praying the scriptures, we're, we're praying the truth. We're not praying our version of the truth. So, why pray the scriptures? That's what we're talking about this morning. Let's take a look really quickly at 2 Timothy 3. I love you, Kaylin. Right? Yeah. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Why pray the scripture? Well, all scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, in love, by the way, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First point about this is when, if we are not actively engaging and praying and declaring the scriptures, the word of God in our prayer lives, then we're not using all the equipment that God provided for us. And we're not doing the level of good work that he's asked for us to do, right? Bringing God's word to bear on something, it, it, it amplifies the thing that the Holy Spirit has prompted us to pray for. Uh, and, and God gave us his word for a reason. He didn't give it so that we could just read it and internalize it and think, that was really, that was really cleverly written. I enjoyed that. Wow, that's great. And then he put it back on the shelf. He gave it to us because it's alive. Mm -hmm. And just like with his love, he says, as, I, as I've shown you, my love one another, and you'll make my joy complete. We've talked about that before. Like the love of God is not complete when it's just in you. The love of God is complete when it's in you and then you express it to someone else and it draws them to him. The word of God is the same. The word of God, the scriptures, are, are wonderful when we absorb them and we internalize them. But if they just stay right here, then they're not fully doing what he intends for them to do. We have to express them out. We have to get the good things that he's poured in. We've got to get them out. And so when we pray the scripture, we're actually breathing God in. It is the breath of God that inspired the writing of the word. And when we pray it, we are joining, taking a deep breath as we absorb the scriptures and then we declare them and we pray them out. We breathe them out. It's the breath of God mixed with our own breath that gets the, gets the word out into the world so that it can be effective, so that it can do what he intended it to do. Scripture is God-breathed when it was written, and God breathes on us again when the scriptures come alive in us. There's two, uh, two, different, two different terms used for, for the word of God. 
right, in, in, in the Greek. Uh, and one of them is logos. Logos means the inspired word of God. So these are the scriptures that you read, right? These are the things that were inspired that people wrote down. That's the written word. That's, that's logos. It's given by inspiration of God. It was breathed onto the page. And that's what we're talking about with, uh, with 2 Timothy 3.16. That word that you read, that logos, is effective. It's, it's valuable to equip us to do everything God is calling us to do. That's the logos. That's the written word. So as we declare it, we're, we're doing a couple of very important things that I'll get into in just a second. Um, that's logos, the, the, the word that was breathed onto the page. There's another way that we can read uh, the word, another version, not a version, but another meaning for the word, and that's rhema. So logos is the words that are written on the page. We're getting into rhema here. Rhema is an utterance from a living voice. A rhema word. Anybody ever heard that? Somebody's talking about, oh, that's a rhema word, okay? What, what that means, if you've never heard that before and someone says, oh, that's a rhema word. Rhema literally means a word uttered or spoken by a living voice. So the rhema word is, is a verse or a portion of scripture that someone has spoken out to you that actually God is using and it's applying to a certain thing that's going on in your life right then. They're not opening up a book and reading to you. They're just declaring from what they've absorbed of the word. They're declaring from what God has shown them and they're speaking out the word to you. Now, people can do this, but even more intimately, the Holy Spirit does this yeah. to us, right? Uh, a rhema is a verse or a portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit brings to our attention with application to a current situation or a need for direction. The rhema word is the word of God that's breathed into us by the Holy Spirit. And if you think, well, I've never seen that before, you saw it three times today already. You saw Paula step up with a rhema word that the Holy Spirit was speaking to her and, declare, and, and led her to declare. You saw Clayton say, well, I was here and the Lord gave me this scripture that I want to speak over you. It's a rhema word. And then as I was sitting there, he gave me Psalm 46.1 and I spoke it out to you. That's rhema. That's the word of God being revealed to us by the Holy Spirit for a very specific situation. And then we declare it and it connects and, it, and it's impactful and it allows people to see, oh, wait, the Holy Spirit is real and here and knows our situation and is at work guiding us and leading us through it. Right? So uh, let's take a look at uh, John 14, 26. Speaking of rhema words, speaking of, of the Holy Spirit revealing things to us, John 14, 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. We talked about this in a previous message, how Jesus was saying these words to the disciples who got really used to having him in the room right? Or in, on, on the road or wherever they were. They got used to having the physical person of Jesus around who knew all things because the Holy Spirit was living in him. And so he could just tell them stuff and they were worried. And they said, well, if you tell us you have to leave, if you leave, who's going to tell us stuff? I mean, we're kind of relying on you, Jesus, to guide us through these things. And that's when Jesus says, I have to go. As one person, my voice only goes so far. I, can only, I, can't, I can't shout loud enough for the entire world to hear me. But if I go, 
If I go through what the Lord has, what the Father has for me to go through, and I die, and then I'm ascended, then I'll send the Holy Spirit that I have in me, and you'll have him too. And he will come in my name, in John 14, 26, he said, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said. So as we pray the scriptures, as we, as we read the word, the logos, we read the words there, we internalize them, and we begin to declare them, then we find that we'll see a need, and the Holy Spirit will remind us of that thing we read three weeks ago. You remember that scripture? You remember that Bible study? You remember that? That's why you're reading that, because this person needs to hear that word right now, and that's rhema. That's the Holy Spirit moving to reveal his word. You're not reading it out of a book. You received it from him earlier and you're storing it up. And then the Holy Spirit who Jesus sent to us will reveal everything that Jesus ever taught us. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us when it's needed. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. So praying the scriptures actually in that sense helps us to hear God's voice. We hear this a lot. Uh, as, as you go through church life, you hear this a lot when, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit speaking to people. And the question is, well, how, how do I hear that? How do I hear that? What does God's voice sound like? Has anybody ever asked you that? What does God's voice sound like? When he speaks to you, what does it sound like? Somebody who's new, maybe hasn't had that experience. And I gotta say, for, for anybody who's asking that question this morning, it's not like hearing out loud with your ears. It's not like seeing with your eyes. It's, it's more like, a knowing that just comes out of nowhere, right? It's more just like a realization, an awareness, an openness, seeing a need, not knowing what to say, and asking God, can you, can you help me here? And then something like that alert that you just heard, right, in the room, something just pops into your spirit, and all of a sudden you know something to say that you didn't know before. Uh, one of our men's groups, I was uh, sharing this that somebody had shared with me one time. The, the Holy Spirit is that voice that you hear after all the other voices have quieted down. After all the worry's gone, after the fear's gone, after, after all the opinions are gone, after the grumpiness is gone, after all your own self-will is gone, the voice that you hear, that one's the Holy Spirit. And it's usually that still, small voice just gently whispering to you, gently nudging you in a direction, giving you what you need when you need it. When we internalize the scriptures, that's, that's a big part of the reason why we need to continually be reading the word, getting it into us, because then we'll be ready in that season when it's needed, right? Um, as we, so as we pray the scriptures, we begin to hear God's voice. We internalize them, and then through prayer, through, through meditating on, through memorization, we begin to understand what God's voice sounds like to us. It's all about relationship and time spent, right? Those of you who are married in this room, your spouse can be speaking in a still small voice from across the room, and if you're in trouble, you'll know it, and you'll hear what it sounds like because you recognize that voice. You don't have to be in trouble. You just recognize the voice. It's funnier if you're in trouble, though. Um, <laughs> So why do you recognize that voice? Because number one, it matters to you. You want to hear that voice. Like if I'm in a crowded room and there's a lot of people, but I know Jennifer's in there, I'm listening, you know, 
for that voice, just in case she's calling out to me, in case she's talking about me, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) I'm listening for that voice, and I know what it sounds like because I've spent so much time in conversation. I know that voice. It's the same principle when we're talking about praying the scriptures and, and releasing the word that he's spoken to us. If we want to hear God's voice, we need to dive into the scriptures. And then when it's time to pray, if, we're, if that's what's called of us, then we'll have the word at the ready. We'll have it at the ready. Third thing, and this is actually super important. Um, Romans 15, 4 and 5. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's there's so much in here, Romans 15, 4, and 5. But the things that I want to point out specifically about prayer, sometimes we might not know what to pray. We might wonder, okay, well, am I praying the right thing? Am I, am I praying what I want? Or am I praying what God wants? Here's the big takeaway here. If we pray the scriptures, we don't have to worry about it. When we pray the words that God has already spoken to us, when we pray the words that he's already put down there to equip us thoroughly for every good work, we never have to worry. Are we praying from our own opinion? Are we sowing a bad seed? Are we doing the right thing or the wrong thing? That's a big hang up for me, right? Because I always want to know that I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Like at, at, at work, any job that I've ever had, I, I thrive in an area where the expectations are clear. And I flounder in an area where people say, oh yeah, just, you know, just do what you like. Because it's not going to be work, I can tell you that much. That's terrible, I don't really mean that. Maybe a little, maybe a little. Uh, but, but as, you know, wh- when everything is an option, what do you do, right? But if I know what's, if I know what's expected of me, then it's like, oh, I can, I can go right to it. And when we internalize the word, when we internalize the scriptures, we're ready, and we pray out something that we know he said, then we know we are in agreement with God's will for that situation. We're in agreement with God's will. When we pray the scripture, it's a declaration of agreement with God. Now, what happens when we declare in agreement with God is that it releases some very important things. If you look here, Romans 15, 4 4 and 5, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So two things that happen when we pray the scripture, when we come into agreement with God, it releases encouragement and it releases hope. It releases encouragement and hope because there's there's only so much encouragement that, that a person can give to another person. But when we come into agreement with the one who created us, the one who designed us, the one who knows everything, the one who, who has all of, our, all of our best interest at heart, the one who swore he would never leave us, never forsake us, when we come into agreement with what he says about someone, then we, then we release 
encouragement, not just from our natural perspective, but from the Spirit of God. We release hope in someone, knowing, oh, God's here. He spoke that, and you're releasing it, and that ministers to my need right now. I see God's at work here. Um, And it releases faith. It releases faith, not only for the person hearing, but for the person who's speaking. As you declare in agreement the Word of God in prayer over people or over situations or over your own life, there's, there's a level of faith that arises in you because you're not banking on your own effort to make it happen. Like we can declare all sorts of things that we want to see happen and we're it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of hit and miss as to whether those things are going to come to pass. But when we declare things that God has spoken, we can rest in the assurance that his word will not return void. The things that he has spoken, he will, he's faithful to complete, right? What he has begun in you, he's faithful to complete until the end of the age. God doesn't start a work and then just drop it. And so as we come into agreement with his word over whatever it is, then, then we release the faith, the hope, the encouragement that both the person hearing it and us as the speaker, we know that we're not resting on just our own opinion. We're resting on a promise from Almighty God. And you can, you can take that to the bank. Now, praying releases faith, hope, and encouragement in the speaker and the hearer. When we come into agreement together with him, last point here, when we come into agreement together with him, you see that in Romans, uh, Romans uh, 15.5. May he give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify God. Right? When we come into agreement on his word together, then we're actually coming in agreement with one another as well. Right? We're all looking to the same word that I'm praying something, you're praying it, we're all agreeing together. And what that does for us is it draws us into unity. The, the more we will speak out and declare the word that God has given to us, the more it brings our hearts and our minds and our wills and our spirits together, which is really what God wants for us. God does not want a body that is like separated and all over the place, right? The, the, I always think of like a National Enquirer thing, head searches for body, that kind of thing. God, God's, Jesus is the head. He doesn't want to have to go around and like piece together different parts of the body. If we'll declare his word, then we're coming together on what he's already spoken. It unifies us, unifies us. Um, and gets us in the same mind, the same voice. And when we do that, then we're really bringing glory to the Father, really bringing glory to him. It is, it's definitely a sign that God is on the move when people start agreeing. And especially in, the, in a church that has allowed itself to become divided. If we can agree upon God's word, it's evidence that the Holy Spirit is moving because people just don't agree on their own. You need something to bring you all together. And that is, that's, that's the word of God. That's what we stand on. Last point here. And then, uh, actually, Adrian, if you, if you guys could come up, that'd be wonderful. Last point, why, why pray the scriptures? 
We pray the scriptures because all of them point to Jesus. All of them point to Jesus. John 1, uh, 1 through 5, and then verse 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. It's a really important point. The scripture is the word of God. Jesus is also the word of God made flesh. And you need the Holy Spirit working in your life in order to have either one of them revealed to you. Right? As we're reading the scripture, it's just words on a page unless we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and breathe life into it and reveal what God is wanting to speak to us. It's the same with Jesus. Jesus is just a collection of stories until we open up our hearts to him and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal who that is to our hearts. Then we understand in a way that we didn't before. John 15, 26 through 27 says, when the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father he will testify about me, and you also must testify. When the Spirit of God comes, he will testify about Jesus. He will testify about the Word of God. And then he says, and you also must testify. And that's why we need to be praying the Scriptures. We need to be incorporating the Scriptures into our prayer life. Um, we are... We're going to close as we've been doing, which I've loved. We're going to close in worship. One of the things that, uh, as Adrian and I were talking earlier this week, um, we can declare the scriptures out loud uh, with our just speaking, with just our voice. There's also something incredibly powerful when we sing the scriptures, when we declare the word of God in song. And so as we start our, our worship kind of response time, um, that's what we're going to do first. The song we're going to sing uh, comes directly from Psalm 97.9. Psalm 97.9. And as we sing out what the Lord has spoken, there's a, there's a power in it, not only to unify us in one voice and one accord, but also to lodge it deep into our spirits and our minds so that we don't forget it, so that we have it at the ready. 